Praise the Lord. Peace and many blessings. We are grateful to God for this morning. And I know that God will bless us even as we hear His word and even as we spend time fellowshipping and breaking bread with one another. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We pray, O God, that even as we have come before your feet, we pray that you shall speak to us. We pray that the eyes of our understanding shall be enlightened. We pray that you shall help us to know you more. Help us to see deeper into you. Help us to see deeper into the Spirit. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, When the ambassadors sang their first song, you know, they were saying that there's a friend who has a need. There's a mother who is in pain. There's a young lady who is looking for a father figure, you know, and all of that. And the song was just bringing out different kinds of people who are in distress. And as I just sat down and I listened to the words of the song, I came to understand why out of our bellies must flow rivers of living waters. I came to understand that there is a mother who needs that river that will flow from you. There is a son, there is a daughter who needs that river that will flow from you. There is a stranger you are are yet to meet who needs that river to flow out of you and to be a blessing to them. And it made me appreciate our word for the year that look, if we will be a blessing to one another, rivers of living waters must flow from us. Other than that, that woman will be there. You will see her pain, but what it takes to solve her pain, you don't have. That girl will be there. You will see her need, but what it takes to meet the need is not there. It's not just good enough to have good intentions, but the ability to exercise that good intention is also important. So there are many people who have good intentions, but the wherewithal to execute the good intention is not there. That is why out of your belly must flow rivers of living waters. Other than that, we we are just people with good ideas, good intentions, good wills, but what we have to execute that, we don't have. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living waters. So before we get out to fellowship and to eat, I believe it's important we delve deep into this rivers of living waters matter. Hallelujah. Let's read our scripture again. John 7, 37 to 39. It says, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Don't be offended when we read this scripture over and over and over and over again. Because it has to enter us. So every time we start to preach, 
when we read the scripture over and over and over and over and over again, Paul says that look, to write this thing to you again is not burdensome. Because faith comes by the hearing, by the hearing, by the hearing of the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus said, He that believes in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then he says that when he was saying that he was talking about the Spirit, he was talking about the Spirit. What it means is that when the Bible says, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water, the Bible is trying to say that out of us shall flow the life of the Spirit. Out of us shall flow the life of the Spirit. He said the rivers of the living waters he was talking about, he was talking about the Spirit. So if he says, out of you shall flow rivers of living water, in other words, he's saying that out of you shall flow the life of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. This is the realm that Jesus wants us to walk in. We walk in a realm where out of us flows the life of the Spirit. Now, we have to understand that when it comes to the life of the Spirit of God at work in the believer, there are two dimensions of operations. When it comes to the life of the Spirit of God at work in the believer, there are two dimensions of operations. Number one, there is the deposit of the Spirit and then number two, there's the manifestation of the Spirit. I'll say that again. There's the deposit of the Spirit. And then there's the manifestation of the Spirit. What is the deposit of the Spirit? Now, we all have to understand that the day you came forward to give your life to Jesus Christ, the day you came forward and said, I surrender my life to Jesus, I accept Him as my Lord and personal Savior, you received the deposit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to live in your heart. The day you came to give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came into your heart. You received the deposit of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody will say, how do we know this? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, 13 to 14. If we can read from NIV just for ease of understanding. It says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation. Then he says, when you believed, when you believed what? The message of truth. When you believed the gospel of your salvation, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. So in 13, it says that you were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, when you heard the gospel, when you heard the message of salvation, when you came forward and you gave your life to Christ. The Bible says that at that point, you were marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, verse 14. Who is a deposit? So at salvation, you receive the deposit of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, the next time you are asked, do you have the Holy Spirit? Sometimes people start to think, hmm, do I have the Holy Spirit? And they start to judge, well, I don't speak in tongues. I don't prophesy. I don't work miracles. Do I have the Holy Spirit? You have a deposit of the Holy Spirit. Because the deposit happens at salvation. So, once you are saved, you have the deposit dimension of the Spirit. Are we understanding the message so far? So any believer, anybody who has given their life to Christ, you have the deposit dimension of the Spirit. 
somebody will say, what is the essence of the deposit of the Spirit? What is the essence of the deposit dimension of the Spirit? Why is it that at salvation you receive a deposit of the Spirit? What does that deposit of the Spirit at salvation do for the believer? Now, you have to understand that when you got saved, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. First Peter 2 verse 9. We are a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So when you got saved, you were translated from a kingdom called darkness into a kingdom called light. Now, at salvation, you are given the deposit of the Spirit to serve as a seal, to serve as a stamp of your transition from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So anybody who, by virtue of salvation, by virtue of accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, is translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you have to receive a stamp and a seal to show to the spiritual forces, to show to the forces of darkness that this one has been translated from darkness to light. So that deposit of the Spirit is the stamp and the seal which shows to the spiritual realms that this one has been translated. When you understand this, then you understand Ephesians 1, 13 better. Go back to 13. It says, and you also were included in Christ. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, then when you believed, you were marked with him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So the deposit of the Spirit, the essence is that it acts as a seal. It acts as a stamp, a mark of validation that this one has been transported from darkness to light. Let's read this same thing in NLT so that we have deeper revelation of it. And you Gentiles have also heard the truth the good news that God saves. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. He identified you as His own. So the deposit of the Spirit is the identification mark in the Spirit that you belong to God. That is our Ghana card in the Spirit. The deposit of the Spirit. This is the essence of the deposit dimension. It shows that Satan is no longer your father. It shows that God is now your father. So after that deposit of the Spirit, you can now cry out, Abba, Father. Because you now have a deposit of the Spirit. This is what Romans 8.15 talks about. Let's look at Romans 8.15. Let's look at KJV. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So in the book of Romans, Paul is saying that you have received the Spirit. That Spirit he was talking about was the deposit of the Spirit. And he said that by that deposit of the Spirit, you have received adoption. Now, by that deposit of the Spirit, you cannot cry, Abba, Father. You cannot cry and say, God is my Father. What it means is that anybody who doesn't have the deposit of the Spirit cannot say that God is his Father. So when you say God is your Father, what gives validity to the fact that God is actually your Father? It's not because you have a out and can say that God is our Father is because there has been a transference from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and you have received a deposit of the Spirit and by that Spirit you can cry Abba Father. Notice that it says whereby we cry Abba Father. It means that you can say God is your Father out of the Spirit you have received. Out of the deposit of the Spirit. 
That is why when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he said, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven. That, that thing was for disciples. It wasn't for the heathen. When he was talking to the Gentiles, he didn't tell them that. But when he was talking to disciples, people who are the deposit of the Spirit, because Jesus understood that we cry, Abba, Father, by a Spirit, he says that you, when you are praying, say, our Father. When you understand this, then you understand the revelation that God is everybody's creator, but God is not everybody's father. God created all mankind, but God is not the father of all mankind. Because to be able to call God father, you need the deposit of the spirit. We cry Abba Father by a spirit of adoption, by the deposit of the spirit. What it also means is that no unbeliever can say God is his father. Nobody who, has been, who hasn't been saved can say, God is my father. So sometimes when I hear people, you know that these guys are worldly guys, and they'll say, hey, Baba God, Baba my father, I just laugh. Because I say, you don't have the revelation that to call God father, it is by a spirit. We cry, Abba, Father, by a deposit of the spirit. Praise the Lord. This is the first essence of the deposit dimension of the spirit. Now, the second essence of the deposit dimension of the spirit. Now, when you understand this, then you understand why it is given to you at salvation. Then you understand why the deposit is made at salvation. The second essence of the deposit of the spirit. Now, we all know that Jesus, in his encounter with the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, said that God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. The reason why we receive the deposit dimension of the spirit as salvation is so that we are now able to commune and fellowship with God by the spirit. Because he tells the woman that if anybody will worship God, he has to first understand that the God we are worshiping is spirit. And for you to be able to worship God, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. So you receive a deposit of the spirit so that your communication and your fellowship with God becomes a spirit-to-spirit connection. That is when you are now worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Because you have a deposit of the spirit. And out of that deposit of the spirit, you are now able to commune with God who is spirit. Then your worship to God becomes in spirit and in truth. Because it's a spirit to spirit connection. This is why you are giving the deposit of the spirit at salvation. So that you can commune with your father in spirit and in truth. When you understand this, then you understand that no unbeliever can worship God in spirit. No unbeliever can worship God in spirit. Because to worship God in spirit, you need a deposit dimension of the spirit. So that out of that spirit, you can now commune with God who is spirit. The deposit of the spirit. The deposit of the spirit. When you read John 14, 17, then you understand the place of the unbeliever. How the unbeliever cannot go call God Father. How the unbeliever cannot commune with God in spirit and in truth. It says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. He's talking about unbelievers. The world is unbelievers. And he says that the unbelievers, they don't have the spirit of truth. They don't have the deposit of the spirit. That is why they cannot call me father. That is why they cannot worship me in spirit and in truth. The deposit of the spirit is the sole preserve of those who come to God for salvation. 
Hallelujah. But you see, when we talk about out of our belly shall flow rivers of living waters, we are not talking about the deposit dimension of the Spirit. We are talking about the manifestation dimension of the Spirit. I told you that when it comes to the life of the Spirit at work in the believer, there are two dimensions. The first is the deposit of the Spirit. The second is the manifestation of the Spirit. When it comes to out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water, we are talking about the manifestation dimension of the Spirit. What is the manifestation of the Spirit? You see, the Bible says something interesting in Romans 8 and 19. Romans 8, 19. It says, For the annex expectation of the Creator waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. This scripture is trying to say that the whole world is waiting to see the sons of God manifest. The whole world is waiting to see the manifestation of the people of God. How does the world see the manifestation of the sons of God? When the believers begin to walk in the manifestation of the Spirit, then the world begins to see the manifestation of the sons of God. It is out of the manifestation of the Spirit that there is the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, the deposit dimension attached to God that you are His, but the manifestation dimension attached to the world that you are of God. So many of us, we have just the deposit dimension. So God knows that we are His. But the world doesn't know that we are His. Because for the world to know that you are His, they are waiting to see the manifestation dimension of the Spirit. All creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, the question we have to ask ourselves is, what are the characteristics of a believer who is working in the manifestation dimension of the spirit. So if we are saying that we should climb from the deposit dimension of the spirit to the manifestation dimension of the spirit, when we see a believer walking in that manifestation dimension, what are we expected to witness? What are we expected to see? What can we say that, alas, we have seen somebody who is working in the manifestation dimension of the spirit? Because of time, I will share with us just three major characteristics of a believer working in the manifestation of the Spirit. Characteristics number one is the character of being a witness. The character of being a witness. If you see a man who is working in the manifestation dimension of the Spirit, that man has the character of a witness. Acts 1.8 And you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And this will be a sign of the manifestation of the power of the Spirit. You shall be my witnesses. When Jesus said that stay in Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit will come over you. Jesus said that the manifestation of that Spirit is that you will be my witnesses. So when you see a person walking in the manifestation of the Spirit that person has the character of a witness. And that is what we see happen in John chapter 4. When the woman meets Jesus at Jacob's well. After the woman received the outpouring of the Spirit, what did we see? The character of a witness. She goes into the town and she begins to call all the men of the town unto Jesus. Because one of the characteristics of a man walking in the manifestation realm of the Spirit is the character of a witness. 
you can't say that you are working in the manifestation of the spirit yet we don't see the character of a witness at work in your life when you study the, the, the book of John and you study the life of John the Baptist you understand this better so we all know that there was a prophecy that went ahead of John the Baptist we see that in Luke chapter 1 verse 15 Luke 1 15 Luke chapter 1 verse 15 it says for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord we are talking about John the Baptist and it says that and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's birth so in Luke chapter 1 we see the promise of the coming of the Holy Ghost upon John the Baptist now when John starts to walk in the manifestation of this dimension of the Holy Spirit that they say will come upon him, look at what the Bible now writes about him. John 1, 6-8 There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. So they said that the Holy Ghost will come upon him. This was the prophecy before birth. When he begins to walk in the manifestation of the Holy Ghost that they say will come upon him, they now write this about him. He came to be a witness of the light. Anybody walking in that manifestation realm of the Spirit, there's the character of a witness. The character of being a witness. Characteristics number two of any man walking in the manifestation dimension of the spirit is the character of being a living epistle. The character of being a living epistle. What is an epistle? In the New Testament, an epistle is the writings of an apostle. And those writings of the apostles became the scriptures. And so when the believers at the time read the writings of the apostles, when they read the epistles, which are the scriptures to us today, they got better understanding and insight about God. That was the essence of the epistles that the apostles wrote unto the believers, that by the reading of the epistles, they should come to a deeper understanding of the nature of God, of the character of God, of the realm in which God operates. So every time that the reading of the epistle, which is the scriptures that we have, every time we read it, we come to a better understanding of the nature and of the character of God. Now, if by reading the written epistles, you come to understand God better, when you enter the realm where you are in living epistle, when people examine your life, they must also understand God better from the examination of your life. Because the whole essence of the written epistle is to transform us to become living epistles. So when we read the written epistles and we understand God better, when you are in living epistle, people might be able to also read your life, examine your life, and see God also in your life. And they must get to the point when they say that what I have written in scripture, when I examine your life, I see a replication of what is written in the scripture in your life therefore you are a living epistle that is when out of our bellies is flowing rivers of living waters so when you read in scripture that God is love when people examine your life they must come to the same conclusion that when we read that God is life is love by examining your life we come to that same conclusion that God is indeed love 
when we say that God is kind, we must be able to examine your life and come to that same conclusion that by just the examination of your life, we conclude that God is indeed kind. When we read in scripture that God blesses, when we examine your life, we must come to the same conclusion that indeed God blesses. When we read in scripture that God is the lifter up of men, we must be able to examine your life. We must see where you started from. We must see where you are now and we must see where you are going. And by examining your life, we must be able to come to the same conclusion that indeed God is the lifter up of men. That is when you become a living epistle. You see, this is what David was talking about when he said, I have been young and I have been old. There's one thing I've never seen, which is the righteous forsaken, nor his children beg for bread. What David was saying, that as I grew up, I examined the life of the believers that had surrounded me. And I, as I examined them, I realized that every time they were in need, God came through for them. Every time the next rent was about to come, and they didn't know where it would come from, God supernaturally provided. Every time the next school fees was supposed to come and they had no idea where the school fees would come from, God provided. Every time a need arose and they looked to their left and they looked to the right and they didn't know how this would happen, God still came through for them. On the basis of my examination of the believers around me, I have come to this conclusion that I have been young and I have been old and there is one thing I have never seen happen to the believer and it is that God will forsake him. So we read in Bible that lo, I am with you always. I will never leave thee nor forsake you. David did not read from Bible. David examined the believers in his day. And he came to that same exact conclusion. This is the realm God is calling us to walk in. Where we are living epistles. Where if we enter a place and there is no Bible to explain to the people... We can say that we are a template that we can look at to, to understand scripture and to understand God. When you enter a place where the people don't know God, by the examination of your life, they must come to the conclusion that oh, there is something different. There is something we do not know. There is a force behind you that we can't seem to see. And they must long to come. This is what the Bible means when it says that and the nations shall come to the brightness of your light. Because when they examine your life, they say, no, this guy is different. This lady is different. There is something about him. We need to get close and find out. That is the nations coming to the brightness of your light. The character of being a living epistle. The second characteristic of every believer working in the manifestation dimension of the spirit. It's not just enough to be able to read scripture. I always say that when I walk, let people say that, hmm, hmm, hmm. That is the realm the disciples entered. So they examined their life and they said that, no, we have seen the Christ. And when we see you, you are an exact replica of the Christ. So we must call you Christians. We must call you little Christs. They encountered the Messiah who is the word of God. Then they encountered the end products of the Messiah. And they said that no. The Messiah we saw 
this is our loss, the same of another kind. This is the exact replica of the Messiah we met. We must call you little Christ. Jesus came and he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. Do you know that in Bible days, the disciples were called the people of the way? When you read the account of Paul, when Paul begins to talk about his persecution, he says that an iPod persecuted those of the way. When we see you where, we must see that Charlie, you belong to those of the way. When Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, when people see you, you must be a replica of truth. That is when out of your bellies will flow rivers of living waters. The last characteristics is the character of demonstrating the raw power of God. If we say we are working in the manifestation dimension of the Spirit, this is one of the characteristics we must see at work in our lives. The character of demonstrating the power of God. The Bible said that all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. What do you think they are waiting to see? They are waiting to see you demonstrate the power of God. The same question Satan asked Jesus in the wilderness is the same question that the world is asking the sons of God today. Satan said, if you say you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. In other words, if you say you are the son of God, there must be a power dimension to your claim of being the son of God. You must be able to work wonders. You must be able to perform miracles. Signs and wonders must accompany you. That's why the Bible says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall raise the dead. They shall heal the sick. Because one of the manifestations of the spirit, one of the characteristics of the manifestation of the spirit is the raw power of God being demonstrated through the sons of God. Apostle Paul said, I did not come to you with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of spirit and power. There's a power dimension to this whole manifestation of the sons of God. There's a power dimension to this whole manifestation of the spirit. My prayer is that as a church, we will long to flow in the power dimension of the spirit. We will long to flow in the power dimension of the manifestation of the Spirit. Because you have to understand that heaven is frustrated every time the sons of God here on earth are unable to demonstrate the power of God. Somebody will say, how do you know this? You remember that in the Gospels, one day a man brought a demon-possessed child to the disciples. And he said that, look, my child is demon-possessed. When the demon comes upon him, he throws him in the fire, he throws him in the water. And the disciples could not cast out the demon. And then they brought the child to Jesus. This was Jesus' response. He says, how long will I bear with you? How long will I be with you? Jesus was frustrated that his protégés could not cast out the devil. This is heaven's reaction. Every time there is a manifestation and the sons of God are not able to rise up to deal with that thing in the spirit. This is the level of frustration that the Messiah goes through. And I hear him say, did I shed my blood for nothing? I shed my blood so you can have power. I shed my blood so you can be endued with the Spirit. I shed my blood so you can be endued with the power of the Holy Ghost. Every time you see a demonic manifestation, don't be scared. Because he says in my name, you shall cast out devils. Jesus is expecting us to rise and be able to say, in the name of Jesus, 
get out and it should happen that is the manifestation dimension of the spirit the more I talk about this the more I realize that we still have believers who are scared to confront the forces of darkness that is why we must teach this thing we must teach it that to the fear comes out of you we must teach it to the courage and the confidence that is the essence of teaching priests in the temple that is why God gives teaching priests in the temple to teach you to the extent that fear lives to teach you to the extent that courage comes to teach you to the extent that faith comes as I talk right now somebody fear of delving into the realms of the spirit must leave you one day I was in a service somewhere the Lord showed me a young girl and the Lord said this young girl I want to anoint her but she's afraid of what comes with the anointing so she says that I know God wants to anoint me but I will pull myself away every time I sense the anointing I will pull myself and God said deal with that fear deal with that there is the manifestation dimension she must walk in but the, the problem is the fear when you deal with the fear you will walk in that anointing look heaven rejoices every time we manifest the spirit heaven doesn't only rejoice when a soul is saved heaven also rejoices when they see the sons of God manifesting the spirit that is why the bible says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses what do you think the cloud of witnesses are doing they are clapping for us and they are cheering us on and they are saying that you can do it they are saying that you can do it they are saying you can heal the sick they are saying you can raise the dead they are saying you can preach they are saying you can teach they are saying you can prophesy just rise up with faith just rise up with faith rise up with faith like we did and after that he said looking on to Jesus the utter and the finisher of our faith this is what the cloud of witnesses are doing they are interceding for us they are cheering us on and they are saying just as we did it you can also do it rise up rise up rise up rise up rise up apostle paul told timothy let no man despise thy youth 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 the bible says though your beginning may be small your end shall be great maybe you started by just knowing john 3 16 maybe you started by doing knowing just john 1 1 but i came to tell you a time is coming where you know enough to stand and begin to expand the mysteries of the gospel though your beginning may be small begin to envisage an end that is great demonstrating the raw power of God. We demonstrate the power of God through the manifestation of the gifts of God. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Apostle Paul tells us, now the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Notice he says the manifestation of the Spirit. Now, understand that we are talking about the manifestation dimension of the Spirit. Now, Apostle Paul now comes and says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Then he begins to talk about the gift of the Spirit. What he's trying to say is that one of the ways that there is the manifestation of the Spirit is the gift of the Spirit. So when you see a man walking in the gift of the Spirit, he's walking in the manifestation of the Spirit. One way we manifest the Spirit is to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. That is why we have to encourage the demonstration of the gifts of the Spirit. That is why we have to encourage people that look, the gifts of the Spirit are for us. We have to begin to walk in it. We have to begin to walk in it. We have to begin to demonstrate it. Somebody will say there are excesses. Oh yes, it's true, there are excesses. But what do we do with the excesses? We throw away the baby with the water. No, what do we do? We guide, we direct, we instruct, we protect. 
that is how the body of Christ will grow. There must be the encouragement of the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit. So in the verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I will not have you to be ignorant. That is why we stand here to teach, so that ignorance of the manifestation of the Spirit shall become casted out of you. God is calling us to walk in the manifestation realm of the Spirit. To walk in the manifestation realm of the Spirit. God is calling us. Look at your life and at yourself. Am I manifesting any of the gifts of the Spirit? Am I walking in the manifestation dimension? When people examine my life, can they tell that I'm a child of God? Heaven knows you are a child of God because there's the deposit of the Spirit. But the world must also know that these are the sons of God. That the sons of God are approaching. That the sons of God are coming. There's a realm where you walk that you are so much saturated by the Spirit that when you enter an atmosphere, the demons begin to agitate because they see that the sons of God are coming. This is what happened to Jesus when he was walking and the demons saw him. Jesus did not cast them out. The demons started saying, have you come to cast us out before your time? There's a realm you manifest where you don't talk. There is the demons are able to recognize that mm, the spirit of God in this place, I must give way. One day I was ministering somewhere. I was just teaching like this. A lady started walking from the back and coming to the front and coming to the front and the lady said, stop what you are doing. Stop what you are doing. I have not prayed. I have not casted out devils. But there is a realm you walk in where they sense your presence so much that they will get out from the chair in the midst of the congregation and they will walk out to you and they will say, look, it's too much. It's too much. You are causing havoc in our kingdom. Stop what you are doing. That is the realm God is calling us to walk in. The realm of the manifestation. I pray that God will help us. Today, we are supposed to enjoy so I will, I will end it here <laughs> so that we can go and eat something. But I believe that God is calling us to something. God is calling us to something. By the end of the year, after you have listened to all the messages that have come from all the pastors, your life cannot be the same. You cannot be at the same pedestal. If you are at the end, that's they'll say, wala or wala. Because from the beginning of the year, all the messages we have heard, all the messages we have heard, by this time you should begin to yearn. If you've not even entered a glimpse of the manifestation, you must enter the place of the yearning of the manifestation. Because you see, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, and the first step is the yearning. So Jesus said to the woman, If you will believe, said, If anyone shall test, the whole thing starts with the testing. The whole thing starts with the testing. The whole thing starts with the testing. If there's no testing in your spirit, as at now, forget it. You've not started the whole. This whole out of our bellies are flow rivers of. You've not started because it starts with the testing. He said, "If any man shall test." My assignment this morning is to plant the testing in you. A testing only comes when you are exposed to all of the revelation and the dimensions of God. That is when the testing comes. I pray. May you have the desire to plunge deeper. May you have the desire to plunge deeper. May you have the desire to plunge deeper. The Bible says that as many as thirst and hunger after the Spirit, they are the ones who shall be filled. God is looking for people who are thirsty. God is looking for people who are hungry. God is looking for people who will say that, look, there's more. There's the song, the, the, the choir sang and said, we will never settle for less. 
we will never settle for less. Those who came early when they were worshipping, that was the song they raised. And we will never settle for less. Because there's more that is found in you. 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 Maybe when you started with Christ, when you read the Bible, you didn't understand. Now you read the Bible and you understand. But let me tell you, there's more that is in Him. There's a revelation behind the revelation. They have written the thing in English, but the Spirit of the Lord is able to take you behind the the, the, the reason why they were writing that God can expose that to you. This is what Apostle Paul talks about when he says that, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. There's a realm where revelation flies to you. When you see people teaching, don't think that they went to Google to Google things. There's a realm where you are there and God begins to download the thing and said, do you remember when you read this? Do you remember when you read this? This is how this is connected to this and this is how that is connected to that and this is what I actually meant to communicate to the church when I wrote this scripture and you say, wow, at last I am walking in that realm. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that God will help us. I pray that God will help us. I believe that we've had enough for the morning. I just want us to pray and say, Father, I want to go deeper with you. I want to go deeper with you. I want to go deeper with you. We will not settle for less. We will not settle for less. This year we will not settle for less. Because there's more that is found in you. Because there's more that is found in you. Because there's more that is found in you. We will not settle for less. We will see rivers of living waters flowing out of every aspect of our lives. Flowing out of our spiritual lives. Flowing out of our financial lives. Flowing out of our businesses. Flowing out of our careers. Flowing out of our families. Oh, Father, we will not settle for less. We make this promise unto you that we will not settle for less. That we will keep pushing in the Spirit. We will keep pushing in the Spirit. We will keep desiring the Spirit. We pray that you shall help us. We pray that you shall help us. We pray that you shall help us. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We thank you for what you have started staring us in our hearts. We thank you for what you shall do with our lives. We thank you that by the end of this year, we will say that indeed, out of our bellies is flowing rivers of living waters. Father, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace and many blessings.